Hey everybody, it's Bill. This is an interview with Kat Jost, and I just listened to the entire thing again before recording this intro. This is this is really inspiring. Um, Kat has built a community in Philadelphia called Skilled Not Ill, which she describes as a mental health club. It's centered around skill-based approaches to mental health, particularly DBT and CBT. She said I should mention or I should put in a uh, trigger warning for this episode, which is that she says she goes to some pretty dark places in it, but I'm incredibly impressed how she speaks entirely candidly about the career she's trying to create while dealing with bipolar. I think this is the best interview I've done um, because she was a delight to interview, and I I just got to sit there dumbfounded and listen to what she's building. So uh, I hope you enjoy this and that you get a lot out of it. If I laugh too loud or it's okay. What? (laughs) So I'm here. This is Kat Jost. Hi. As I understand it, we're cousins. Yeah. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) We're cousins and friends. Yes. All the way back in the day. And surprisingly, we're both in tech now. Yeah. So what do you do? Right now, I just, just very recently made the switch, like within the last month, to user research from being a business analyst for five years. So that's new. It's fun. So I haven't talked to someone who's a business analyst yet. Can you tell us what that, yeah. d- what you do? As a business analyst, I've worked for a number of different companies on contracts. The shortest ones that I've worked on were like three-month contracts. The longest ones I've worked on were a couple of years. And um, so you basically, you work with, you're like a liaison between a bunch of different teams, like the business people who want some kind of software, um, the developers who are going to build some kind of software. Mm -hmm. So you have to um, set up meetings and um, reach out to stakeholders to uh, to like gather the software requirements and structure them and then kind of like rephrase them and translate them into a way that developers will be able to understand them. Okay. So it's like a built like... um, like uh, if a if a client says that they want some like cool new app and it's going to have a bunch of dashboards and visualizations and you can click this and it's going to turn blue and they have all these beautiful ideas um you kind of have to like smile and nod and then you go <laughs> and then you go and talk to the developers and they're like so what do we actually need to build and then i say like okay so we need like a left side navigation pane it's going to have a number of items on it blah 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 okay like yeah so translate between business people and tech people all right, and then let's talk about the other major thing you're building, and then we'll back up and see like how we got there. Okay. So you have a I'm business ma- company project called Skilled Not Ill? Yeah, I have a side business called Skilled Not Ill, and it's uh, mainly right now a mental health um, events business. So we have a weekly events that are uh, skills-based. We do like one mental health skill per session um, and talk about, and these skills like come from all over the place, like from different uh, styles of therapy. Um, The most common ones are DBT and CBT. I can explain more about what they are, Mm -hmm. Um, but the skills are easy to remember. A lot of them are acronyms. A lot of them are um, just like really practical things that you can use in your daily life that can really help you with your uh, mental health management. And it's made for, so these events, they're social as well. So they're like, we have group discussions and you you have a chance to talk to other people who are going through similar things. And it's um, aimed at people who are not in crisis, but they're um, people who are doing well, like living relatively successful lives, um, just also happen to have a mental illness and want to maintain their mental health. Okay. And, and so from, from what I think I already know, you, is this something you built because you wanted it? This is something I built. I did like what they said you should not do, which is build something like out of anger. I, I was like angry. I thought that um, like there was this this huge gaping hole in in the market of, of med- mental health care. Where I mean, there's a million services for people who are in crisis. There's there's psychiatry and there's counseling and there's hospitals. There's intensive outpatient program. There's there are hotlines that don't really work, but they're there and. Uh, and but there's nothing for people who have mental illnesses but who are doing well and like who are trying to just stay well like so it's like once you're once you're past the point of crisis how do you how do you maintain that wellness you don't know anybody else in your situation and um, like you know what skills and things can you do so I, I saw that as like a huge need um, and since I had been through so many hospitalizations myself and learned so much about these skills and then had the business analyst background of like being able to stand in front of a room and, and explain things, translate things. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that I could do it. I was like, you know, I'm going to try at least. At least I'll try and see if, if people like it. Okay. Yeah. 
And just just quickly, like you only started this pretty recently, like a few months ago, and it, yeah. you've done a lot of events, and there there it's growing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I started it mid February, and I've had like over at least thirty events at this point, and um, I was doing twice a week for a while, and now I'm back to once a week. And, um, like we get a lot of people out, we have over the, within the first couple of weeks, we had over 150 meetup members and now we're, we've way, we're way past two, 200, I think maybe like 250. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot that's of, meet- a, lot. a lot of people interested. Like it just goes to show you people care about mental health. Yeah. Um, and they're willing to try things that are new. So I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Okay. Well, let's re- rewind. If, so like how we got to these like two roles, which is, uh, you went to, you spent some time at NYU. Mm-hmm. Like, business analyst is not a job you hear about growing up. Right. I didn't, a, I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was until like last summer. And I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. It's a middle ish position, but it's an interesting role. Yeah. So, how did you fumble into this? I didn't, I didn't know what it, was, what it was until my first six months into that job, actually. Like, I, How'd you get hired? So I was, I had kind of branded myself as a digital marketing strategist, but I was at like 20, maybe like 21 or something. And I was okay. just doing social media. Um, go ahead. You had a question. No, 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 okay. no I wasn't. I was laughing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I, I made business cards for it. I built a cute little website for myself and did all the things to brand myself as that. And I actually did it like for a few different clients and it was work. It wasn't paying me enough, but it was pretty cool. Okay. Social media management. Manager. Yeah. But you're like doing that out of your dorm or apartment. Yeah. Like that? Apartment. Yeah. Sorry, my yeah. dog. No, no, there's no problem. <laughs> it's a very cute dog demanding we throw a toy. Yes. I will throw it. Yeah. It's better if we throw it. Cause then he won't squeak so it. You, wait, you're out of your apartment. Yeah. And you, and you cause at that time I had dropped out by that time I had dropped out of NYU and I was trying to work full time. So I had a couple of odd jobs and I, that was my like thing that I, my passion project, something I wanted to turn into a career, mm-hmm. but, um, did on the side of like bartending at two other places. Okay. <laughs> were, were you going to NYU for anything related to marketing? I was, um, accepted into their nursing program. Oh, nursing. Oh, nursing. Okay. Yeah. And then I changed to, um, media culture and communication. And I only lasted, I think like one semester in there before I dropped out again for mental health problems. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't even, wait, what question did you ask? Well, well, like, well, did, what did you, you know, how does one end up even as a digital uh, social media manager? That's not, oh. it, I mean, maybe it is now, but when you're starting at NYU, you're like, okay, I'll try this. Yeah. I'll try this title. Well, I, I kind of, I have like an addiction to learning about new apps and like websites and things like that. Sorry. JJ. No, no, that's, that's fine. It's charming. People um, love dogs. Okay, cool. Um, so I had an addiction. I still, to this day, like I pour through like app lists of like new apps and Mm -hmm. like apps that are in beta and stuff like that. So I learned a lot about social media just from random Googling and and reading stuff. So, uh, and I just thought, and I was, I realized that it it didn't seem like that hard to me. And also (laughs) like at the time I was much more open with, um, being able to like go out and reach out to people and market myself. I just didn't care so much. I was like, had fewer inhibitions, I guess. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I started, I did it for like one person and then I did it for a few others and it became easier to sell my services and my credibility because of that. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of how I, and that turned into the BA role. And then somebody who I was working, I was doing social media for, um, the Aloft, you know, the Aloft brand of hotels by Starwood. No, I know Starwood, but no. it's like the um, cheaper version of the W Hotel. They're like the same style, um, like very colorful and bright or whatever. So I was doing social media management for the Aloft, which felt like my big break, but it wasn't really. It still was not paying me enough to to live on to live off of that. But I was doing social media management for them, and I um, was work, also working at their front desk and also bartending on the side because I had to work three jobs to to get by. And um, somebody who was staying who, who stayed at the hotel frequently like would they would check in like a group of consultants they would always be there like every week they got to know me we we talked a lot and then eventually they they found out that I went to NYU and they were like why are you here you need to work for us and then I was like oh no and I I actually I I I turned them down a a bunch of times through conversation but then they um set me up with an interview at another um company that they that was just like right in town was right in Mount Laurel and it was ARI um the the fleet management company. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that was my first, I went on the interview there and I remember they asked me technical questions and I told them, I'm sorry, I don't know, but I can figure it out. I definitely can figure it out. And I was so, 
I really just, I tried to show them I really cared and was really interested. And um, I remember the interviewer laughing at me and then um, being like, okay. And they hired, I was really cheap. But they hired you anyway. Yeah, because I was super cheap. So that role I think is expensive. But for me, they offered me so little. They were like, all right, we can train her. Was it a salary position? Um, It started out as a contract, um, contract position. So they contract to hire. And then they hired me after like, between like three and six months, I think. And they trained you in the BA role? Yeah, with okay. a senior BA, yeah. Senior uh, With a senior BA, okay. Yeah, and then I became the senior BA after a little while, and I got how, my own track. How long? Uh, I got promoted twice in two years. The first time wow. was six months and to regular BA, and then after a year after that, I got promoted again to BA2, like business analyst 2. And I got to go to England, and um, that was pretty cool. Travel? Live yeah. in England or just tra- you mean like traveling for work? No, just travel for work. Yeah. yeah, and you liked the role. Yeah, I liked it a you lot. Stay, and you stayed with that for a couple of years, different companies? I did, yeah, okay. for five years and a bunch of different companies. I did, um, so I stayed with ARI for three years. And then after that, I did a bunch of like short, super short contracts. So I worked for um, Beata Home Healthcare and GSK, like the pharma company, GlaxoSmithKline. Mm-hmm. And um, another startup, like consulting agency, I worked for um, them on a project for GE in Chicago, mm-hmm. and that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So those are not to necessarily tech companies. No, they all have like tech needs though. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. as everyone does. But how did you sort of end up into UX now, which is more of a tech role? Well, I was looking at, so the, the most recent place that I worked before the, where I work now was, uh, it's called Odessa, and it's like lease and loan accounting software. And um, I was really frustrated there. I was there for a year and I got really frustrated because I have always cared about design, even back from like my ARI days before I knew UX was a thing, before mm-hmm. I even knew the word. I really always cared about the, the, the design and um, the look and feel of things and like doing things the right way instead of just like short choppy um, work. So when I, after five years of doing this and like being at this place, I just like really couldn't take my frustration anymore with anybody who didn't care about Oh, by the way, I live across the street from a fire. Yeah, we have these amazing views right now of downtown Philly. Yeah, and I live right across the street from a um, firehouse. So that's... It's hip. Thanks. I like it. (laughs) I like it. So the new role affords me this nice place, so I'm happy with it. But yeah, I just... I, um... I was frustrated with the lack of like people caring about design and doing things right. So um, I started to look for things that were more in the UX space and I found this user researcher position and I got excited because I actually like the research part more than coming up with wireframes. Where were you looking for jobs? Like your, your jobs, your BA role jobs, were you finding them online um, or were you getting headhunted? I, yeah, I've never once been able to land a job by directly applying to it, but I've gotten the craziest offers like all over the place from headhunters for like this, even the same like job. LinkedIn or they call you? Yeah, LinkedIn, all you have to do is so easy is like just switch your status to yeah. actively looking and then all of a sudden it's like, whoosh, my whole inbox is like, do you want this job? Do you want this job? It's, uh, I mean, it's awesome. First world problem. it is it's like crazy but I also have worked with like different recruiting agencies so the judge group is like a big one here in Philly Um, and that was a good experience um, with them yeah they found me both Bayada and GSK okay when you I've never done that so you've never done that oh it's the best recruiting agency yeah what happens you call them up usually I mean all I know the only thing I know that's similar to that is like temp work you know yeah but that's that's, what it felt like so you call them and you tell them what you want or I don't know. Some they you, you once you're them? in one of their systems, they find you. It's like once they they oh, they come out of the woodwork and they like contact you. And usually it's for a role that you do like has nothing to do with what you're looking for. And I would just reply and I'd be like, Hey, that doesn't make sense. But here's my resume and I'm looking for business analyst jobs and these are my salary requirements. Let me know if you find anything. Also, oh oh like, oh. So you might have gotten a job for like, Hey, we need cashiers. Yeah. Or like, like I've never heard of your company, but I want a role as a business analyst. Not so much cashiers. They like developer positions. And I'm like, okay, that's yeah. really cute. Just uh, you thought right. I'm a developer, but I, I don't know code. So. so you didn't Google search them and reach out to the recruiting agency? I don't think I've ever done that once. You I think I've heard, okay. I think I've gotten, I like apl- try to apply to things on LinkedIn and then I'll get responses from recruiters or I'll um, like f- hear about a recruiter 
from somebody else and then they'll pass me that recruiter's name and then I'll reach out to them. Like I just recently, um, I, so the people who recruited me for this current job, mm -hmm. the company is Atea, A-E-T-E-A. Yeah, and I, um, I know a business analyst from ARI who's looking for a job, so I sent them her resume. Mm -hmm. So, and then they found her something, they got her an interview. So okay. like that, I think a lot of it is just like, once you're in the circle of recruiters, it's, you never have to worry. I feel, I feel like I've <laughs> never had to worry about getting a job ever again. I got to find a recruiter to talk to for an interview. Cause I feel yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, I know some people in Philly, I said this when I talked to them the other day, but I thought, I think it's like, uh, such a, uh, no, I, I've been to tech events and someone's like, I keep getting hit up by recruiters for jobs. Oh, what? And like, poor oh, you. really? <laughs> poor you. Send them my way, dude. Oh, that has saved my life recruiting. And that, yeah. Because that has that is actually how I've been able to survive having a mental illness and like having all these gaps in my job history is because I've branded myself as a consultant because I'll just do contracts and then I will have a psychotic episode and drop off the face of the earth for three months. And then I just start looking for jobs again. They say, oh, you're a consultant. No one asks it about a three month gap if you're a consultant does that make sense yeah is that like um uh, uh the slickest life hack or is that like yeah, uh think, you, you it, it ended up that way and you're like i guess this is working out no i am like i will i will be the biggest like poster child for recruiters I, they saved my life i mean like i've there it's so much i don't know why you would do anything else because they basically you you tell them that you want a job they they have all these roles and then they go and sell you to the employer and be like i have this girl cat you're gonna love her she's great Blah, blah, blah. And they go and sell you and because they're, they're making money off of it. So I don't have to do anything. You don't pay them? No. I Who pays them? The other company? The other company, okay. yeah. They get, like, um, they get um, I guess, bonuses or uh, some kind of payment for... As long as they do like you. As long as yeah. I get hired? Okay. Yeah. As yeah. long as... I think there's also... A, I've never seen, like, their side of the paperwork as well. But, like, as long as, as, long as I stay for, like, three months or something, yeah. they get a huge payout. Okay. Like, yeah. Uh, well, can we talk about how that happens? Like, so, I mean... Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's not just you. There's different people with that. Like, so when you said drop off the face of the earth, like what, mm -hmm. do, what do you mean? Um, well, the, for the past three winters in, in a row, I have had psychotic episodes. So I have bipolar disorder and um, it's not bipolar one or bipolar two. There's a bunch of classifications, but I have mixed episodes, which means like when I'm um, hit with a lot of stress or um, triggers or memories from the, like bad memories from the past, um, and it becomes overwhelming and I start losing sleep and all these, these things add up, then I go into a, a state of psychosis, which is the most terrifying thing in the world. Okay. It's like living in a video game where everyone's trying to kill you and you have superpowers and no one else believes you. And okay. it, the only thing that cures it, it seems is just like they, um, hit me up with a, like they just shoot me up with a bunch of drugs until I sleep for days and then. Um, sometimes it takes weeks, but eventually I snap out of it and I come back to real life. So I've been in the longest I've been in a hospital inpatient, like not seen outside light was like three or three and a half months. <laughs> yeah. For, um, Thanksgiving and Christmas. It was wow. crazy. The shortest was this most recent time. It was like two weeks. The, the, mo the shortest time is two weeks. Yeah. Okay. And it, it uh, but then there's a three-month period after that of intensive outpatient program. It's like going to school every day. You show up at like 9 a.m. and um, you're there all day. And um, they teach you skills, the things that I teach now uh -huh. to like my groups. Okay. How to cope. How to, like coping yeah. skills, yeah. And like okay. just mental health management skills. How long have you been dealing with this? Since I was 17. I remember feeling different from everybody else, but not being able to explain how, just like I just felt like I felt things so deeply. Like people didn't care, like something would happen and people would be kind of shook up, but then they'd get over it and it would just hit me so deeply and it would affect everything else in my life. And um, I would go through like periods of like just darkness and then periods of feeling fine and just, just crazy mood swings mm. for like things that people couldn't, kept thinking that I was just being dramatic, didn't know that I was actually bipolar. And did you know? No, I just yeah, always yeah. felt like frustrated that no one else cared as much as I did. Okay. But I didn't know that it was a, I didn't know what, what bipolar was. So, I mean, in terms of like trying to craft a career, 
Yeah. How, like that seems incredibly difficult to, to yeah. like try to build with a company and stay there for a while when you know, maybe without warning, like you're going to be gone for two months, two weeks to three months. Yeah. yeah. It's really awful. Like I remember, especially because I dropped out of NYU um, and it was because of mental health problems. And I, I knew that from that day on, I would always have this fear in the back of my mind that people would um, judge me for that. And it was true. I lost so many jobs, like opportunities, just like instantly denied because they found out that I, like, ev- that I didn't finish NYU. So for a while, that was a problem. But then with cons- being able to do contracts, like once I got the first couple under my belt and started to build, like my experience list became longer so that my education section of my resume was all the way at the end. Um, people cared, like, you know, people cared less because they were like, or they just didn't think about it. Um, but also I would put like NYU on my resume and just wouldn't put a graduating year. So it was a little misleading intentionally. I didn't yeah. want to lie. Um, but at the same time, I wanted them to know like, hey, I'm smart enough to get into NYU. I know I didn't finish, <laughs> but like, I'm smart enough. Yeah. So the experience started to matter less. Okay. I mean, the, sorry, the education started to matter less when I got the experience. What about, like, did you ever try to go, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know the difference between, a, a, I mean, a consultant, like, at a company versus, like, a temp at a company. Yeah. Uh, consultant, like, they're, they're giving you important things that they need done, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So what, like, what happened, like, when, when, when an episode happens, if you have to do, like, an inpatient thing, do you, mm-hmm. are you out of touch entirely? Yeah, I, I start, and unfortunately, so when like. So they call, what happens, or they email or something? Um, I, the problem is that like when I'm psychotic, I don't think that there's a problem. Like I am still living in this, I think I'm still living in the same world and I just, and other people like my family will notice that I'm acting weird Mm -hmm. and they'll, um, but unfortunately I'll still be working at the company. So what's happened like the past three times is I've told the company that there's some security threat every time, the last three times I've identified some like huge security threat. And like made this big deal and they were like, what? And then it was really embarrassing because obviously it's not real. And it was just in my head. So, but at that point, like once they start to figure that out, I either would have quit the job or been put involuntarily in the hospital. Okay. Yeah. It's very. So does the company find out what happened? Yeah. The last couple of times they have. Yeah. And it's embarrassing. And I try to never speak to them again. Mm. Um, there's a lot of shame involved that I, I mean, people try to tell me like, oh, don't be embarrassed of your mental health. Like, dude, I'm not embarrassed of having bipolar. I'm embarrassed of the really weird things that I do when I'm like psychotic. <laughs> like, I think that's allowed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's, I, I do, but I'm, I'm okay with it. I think cause I've been hospitalized so many times now that it's almost comical to me that it's just, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, like, it's hilarious. It's like, you gotta laugh at it. I don't know. Well then I feel like the thing you're building is amazing then. Thanks. That, I mean, yeah. that's going to help a lot of people and. Yeah. My hope is that they, they don't get to my like point. When, when you think about a psychotic episode mm-hmm. now, you're like, oh, that will, that is it like oh, I hope that doesn't happen again, or is it like that will happen again, and when it does, it terrifies such and such. me. It terrifies me because I I really don't know. I think that this year I am hoping that it doesn't. I actually have hope that it'll be different. Whereas in the past, I never thought that there'd be any reason why it would be different. And the reason is for, is this time is I've quit drinking completely, and I've also um, I've also like like purchased a Fitbit, and I record my sleep, and I make I make eight hours of sleep a priority. So for oh. someone with bipolar who doesn't get enough sleep, that's like a death sentence. So oh. also, the longest I've ever stayed awake in a row was five days, zero sleep. What? Because I was like, <laughs> I was psychotic, and I, at that point in my mind, I'm, I'm saying it is as if it were true because at the time it was true to me. But yeah. I had I had discovered that it was not necessary for humans to sleep, <laughs> and therefore sorry. I could stay up. <laughs> you can't I'm sorry. lie. I I think it's funny because okay. these are the craziest thing about it though is that. Like for me, my psych, like I have memories of things that I clearly understand are not true, but to me they were real. So they are mm. real memories. Mm. Like the fact that I found all these security threats and the th- fact that I could talk to cars and they understood me, like those mm-hmm. were real to me at that time. They, it's not like I just believed they were true, yeah. they were real. So let's go a little more into skilled, not ill then. Like what, what kind of the purpose, what you're teaching. And then I want to ask about like the people not names or anything, but like the what you, come, the people yeah. like, have you met people that are in a similar, that are, yeah. that are, um, uh, 
doing what they want to with sort of a tech career while dealing with mental health problems. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I started Skilled Not Ill to share the skills that worked for me because I felt like I don't know anyone else who's gone through five hospitalizations and is makes is a consultant and makes enough to live in Center City. Like I felt like, holy crap! Like if I exist, then other people need to believe that it's like it's a real. Like you can really have have whatever life you want. Um, and so, it, even though I didn't really start out to like raise awareness or or make people believe. In, in their possibilities. I really just set out to teach people things that really worked for me that I really believe in and swear by like, hey, come to this meetup and I'll tell you this skill. This is when you can use it. This is how it's helpful. This is how it's helped me. These are some ways you might find it helpful. Okay, now, like, what do you think? And open it up to the group. So that's really what it was. Like, that's why I started it. If it, if it raises awareness for mental illness as well, like, cool, that, that's also like a nice thing. But I did it to just really get in there and start teaching things that work. And since a lot of people have come, yeah, uh, are are I don't think this is a silly question. Are most people that are coming um, people that are in tech with mental with self or, or non self diagnosed mental health issues? Some people are in tech. I don't think I don't think it's a majority. It's not a tech um, specific. No, but community. we do offer tech services. So we do offer tech workshops on how to create no-code websites because I have a access a reseller access to a no-code website building platform so I offer that as like a, a service because um, I want to teach people create like professional skills as well because I think one prop sorry this is like a side rant but yeah. like I think one of the problems of pe- having a mental illness is that it really does affect your career whether you have pockets of like you know gaps in, in between jobs or you just don't have like naturally good communication skills or interviewing skills and things like that so I want to like help people with professional skills as well. Yeah. That's one thing. Um, But so a lot of people, like there are some people who are into tech. It's not the majority, but there are some. And Mm -hmm. then um, it's a really a wide range. Probably everyone is, it seems to be most people are are between mid twenties to mid thirties or late thirties. We get a couple of people older than that. A couple of people younger than that students older. um, And so are some of them like uh, having careers that they're trying to maintain? Yeah. So actually, I think I get more people who who ever who you or anyone off the street would just think is normal. I think I get more of those people than people who are actually seem like they're mentally ill. So like a lot of most people who come have jobs and are living relatively normal lives and mm-hmm. speak like normal humans. Mm-hmm. So that's great because that's exactly the audience that I wanted to get. I don't want people who are really like struggling because I can't help those people. Like they need professional help, and I make it clear too when they come. Yeah. Before they come as well. Are you are you hearing like that this thing you're creating is different than what else is out there? Yeah, and I keep hearing that it's exactly. Unfortunately, I hear this from a lot of people who aren't in the area, but they keep saying that it's exactly what they need or um, exactly what like they were hoping for. Some way to be around people who. I mean, it's scary to go to a support group because people are really depressed, and it's like. It's almost like if you're not super depressed, but you go to a support group, you kind of feel, you kind of pick up on their feelings a little bit. Whereas like you just want to, maybe you're doing sort of well, but you want to hang out with people who are also doing sort of well. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So the audience is, is a, the audience is a huge difference um, or differentiator between what's out there now. So people are really appreciating it for that. And then it's, it's not a support group. It's not like, come here and tell me about your feelings. It's like, let's get stuff done. Let's talk about what works. Let's you know socialize, like be yeah. be normal can, humans. Can you give us an example of one of the kind of skills you're teaching? Yeah, um, one of the skills that I've taught a couple of times, I've like I've done repeats of. Um, well, actually, there are two that, that stick out. Like one is um, wise mind and the whole concept of mindfulness because it's such a buzzword and people think it like, is right. And you hear like, oh, be mindful and mindfulness meditation and things like that. Um, but actually, the skill, the way it's described in dialectical behavioral therapy um, (DBT), that's like the, the the source of where we get a lot of the um, the content from for the skills sessions. Um, the way that it's described there is so objective and specific 
and it tells you exactly how to follow it. Um, so, for example, there are the there's there's wise mind, and then there's the the what and how skills of acting mindfully. So, things like um, the how. One example of the how skills would be like non-judgmentally. So, when you're being mindful, it's um, you know avoid making judgments about your or, or sticking to judgments. Like you may have a judgment about yourself or about something that you're thinking, but just like let it slip off, like as if it were like a Teflon kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, exterior. So, so there's, there's, there's skills like that. And then, um, but one that I try to teach a lot because I've used it the most with like developers in particular, um, it's a skill called uh, Dear Man. It's unfortunately a weird acronym, but it's so effective. Um, dear, and it, man, like, <laughs> dear, like dear Man, like Deer Hunter? D-E-A-R. So it's, okay. um, it's, it's in the module, it's in a DBT module called Interpersonal Effectiveness. And you use it for when you want to get something or when you want to say no to something. So it works really effectively if you do it in this order. So D stands for describe, describing the events that's happening. E is express. So give your, like express why it matters to you or what's your opinion on it or how you feel about it. And then A is ask or assert. And then R stands for reinforce. Tell the other person why it's a good thing if they do what you want. So for example, with developers, if I have to be really direct and I want a specific outcome, I would say, back when, you know, being a business analyst, I would say, Hey, I found that um, this. I, I found that you added a radio, like these as radio buttons instead of checkboxes. Um, but in the business design document, they're che- like they're checkboxes. You know, e express how you feel and just say, I feel like they would be better as checkboxes. And um, like here, you know, here's why and here's my opinion on it. And then a ask for it, like, can you change this before Friday? And then the reinforced part is, if you change it before Friday, then we can roll it out this way to the business and we can gain the feedback and, and change it if we need to. <laughs> I think anyone can use that. Exactly. That's the point. That's <laughs> the point. These skills are not yeah. weird, like wonky skills. They're like really applicable, like yeah. really helpful. Interpersonal <laughs> effectiveness. That's the name of the module. Dealing well with other people. That's yeah. an important skill in any, any anybody's life. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. these Flashback. things work. It's, it's, it's like hard to explain to people that I feel like who, or, who it's hard to sell the idea if people are nervous about it because they, they think like it's going to be all like talking about feelings and stuff like that but mm-hmm. mental health is a, is a huge category of of skills yeah i forget where i saw it but i thought like this will be the century of mental health yeah like, mental, like it's uh, awesome of, i of hope a, it a further is further range of it and understanding like all the variety yeah and, and like we're one of the only i mean not one of the only countries but most countries treat it as just health and and even the national um Institute of Mental Health, the, the director of it, there's a quote of him saying that there's absolutely, based on based on research, based on foundation, like foundational research, there's zero reasons why um, men, like mental illnesses should be categorized separately from brain diseases. Like these are, you can look at scans of people's brains with bipolar and see the huge like reduction of gray matter compared to somebody else. Like there are mm. physical, obvious things that are showing up on scans, and then he just doesn't understand why we're categorizing them separately from just health like or brain disease or something like that so i i'm in that mindset as well so like that's why i really don't care so much about like the stigma you know like people think i started this because of like to to raise awareness and like reduce the stigma (laughs) i don't care about the stigma like you can call it whatever you want i'm gonna go help people (laughs) you're like i'm fully aware of this yeah Yeah. so you said there's people like uh saying oh i wish this was here so we're we're in philadelphia Mm -hmm. so where are you hearing that um all over so especially in the suburbs of south jersey and also in the suburbs around pennsylvania most recently Folsom and um, also far away, like Pittsburgh. And I thought you were, oh, Pittsburgh. I thought you were going to say, you know, uh, L.A. or something. Because, like, well, and can't, Florida. I mean, maybe I'm being, but can't yeah. they come from South Jersey? Like yeah, minutes? they can. So a lot of people, even people in Philly are nervous about going places in Philly that are in a different neighborhood because it's just so big, you know? What? I don't know. I get that. I get that excuse a lot. I think people right. just like to give excuses. But um, Where do so you tend to hold the events at the moment? They are at 17th and Market. So that's the other thing. Parking is kind of a situation. So if you're driving, sure. it's, okay. it's a little hard to find a spot. True. For sure. But. Um, but, I mean, if you care enough and you're interested, you'll find a way to get there. It's really close to all public transportation. Suburban Station is below the building. So Do they take a lift? 
You could take, yeah, you could take a lift. You, you could carpool with people and get a group of people to go. Because it's not, again, it's it's like a fun kind of social event too. So, so, so if someone comes, like what does the event look like when they show? I mean, not, yeah, not yeah. actual visual, but like what what happens? Yeah, we well, we have a format that we try to, we, we follow most of the time. Um, and that is, so we usually do like an icebreaker in the beginning. Um, it's usually like a question, like so go around and say your name and a fun fact. Or who's your most, who is your favorite um modern day or like uh mainstream superhero or who's where's i don't know so some kind of question that usually i try to relate it to the or have like somehow related to the topic okay so we'll do like basically like interacting to, to with each other to, to get to know each other a little bit and then we'll do a whiteboarding warm-up session that's kind of what i call it where it's like we a i'll ask a question and we'll talk through it or I'll, I'll i'll raise like a topic and we'll draw it out on the whiteboard and get answers from people so for example um the other day, like one of the one of the sessions that we did was I asked, like, what kind of advice have you gotten when you're feeling anxious from other people or what like what have you heard? And so I drew on the board like a person and then all these bubbles around them of things that people have told you. And we talked about what advice worked versus what didn't. Um, and then so then that kind of gets everybody warmed up because they I swear everyone contributes. So like even like the quiet people, they'll they'll speak up because this is stuff they know. So one of the most quiet people that I know is a regular and he always contributes every single time. So that's pretty cool. And then we do the skill of the day. So this I'll, I'll explain it kind of like how I explain it to you and then we'll break it down and talk about how you can use it and what people think of it and I, and like honestly say like does this actually make sense like do you see yourself using it some people will say like oh I don't get it and we'll talk more about it in their lives and so it's pretty cool everyone walks away always like feeling like they understood the skill okay yeah so right now it's, it's an in-person is there any online component or are you thinking about creating some sort of I definitely want to have an online component because I know that People keep giving me excuses about travel, and um, also they're only once a week, and it's a specific time, so a lot of people can't make it who are interested. So um, I, I do want to have an online component. I'm still thinking exactly through like the the strategy for it, but it's coming. Other things that we do too, we do on the weekends. We'll have events. We volunteer together, or we'll have par uh, like a pizza party every every so often, and um, things like that. Mm -hmm. so. Well, and and like, how do you? I imagine it's very fulfilling to put this together and run it, um, it but you're also having a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> is it like becoming a stressful thing to run or is it stressful but like pleasant? Um, up until, so I was doing two, t two sessions, two meetups a week for about a month and that was stressful. Mm -hmm. Definitely not going to lie, that was, that was very stressful. And just because I felt like the, the quality of the stuff that I was throwing together wasn't as good when I was trying to throw it together twice a week. And now okay. it's so much, it's back to being like so much better, so much more like well thought out um, and rehearsed in my head at least. So that was stressful, but it's better now. And then, I mean, there are some stressful parts, but I, I like all of it. And I'm rolling things out slowly, um, one feature at a time. So I'm not trying to overwhelm myself. Okay. Yeah. And so right now, if people are curious and they want to go see where they can look this up, where do they go? Skillednotill.com. Skilled. Yes. Not ill. Yes. Com. Skilled. Skilled as in S K I L L E D. Not ill. Dot com. Okay. Yeah. We don't have a social media presence at all um, on purpose because social media, like Facebook, things like that, contribute to feelings of anxiety and self doubt and envy and all kinds of unwanted stuff. And I'm trying to teach people not to feel right <laughs> or not to have. So um, we don't have a social media presence, but that doesn't mean that we won't have online content in the future just won't have a social media vibe to it. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. great and difficult to manage. Yeah, also, it's, like, just in that decision, it has saved me so much time. I can't imagine oh. <laughs> doing, so I can't imagine doing like a yeah. social media marketing campaign on my own while running okay. the business and the events. So, and then back to the role you're doing now, like mm -hmm. the full-time UX, is it a, uh, now I understand there's several uh, shades to this, like design, research. Yeah. Um, well, actually, that's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> design and research. Mm-hmm. Well, besides that, UI sometimes get lumped into it. Yeah. What, are you in one of those specifically, or are you covering all of it? Yes, there are three different 
we we have a UX department in the product design space. That's like the that's that's the space that we're working under in the company. And there's a, a there's a UX section. So there's like a there are several UX designers. There's a lead UX designer, and then there's a, a couple. There are a few underneath her, and then there's an interaction lead interaction designer, and one underneath him. And then I'm the lead user researcher, and I am built. I'm the first one of this sub department, and I have to build it out for the senior VP of product design. That's my task that I've been um, assigned as a, that's what I also love about being a consultant or a contractor. They only hire you if they need you. So you're never like sitting mm. around bored. Okay. I really like that. Okay. Yeah, but that's what I'm doing. So I'm building like processes and standards and guidelines and templates and things like that for the user research that's going to support the other efforts like the UX design efforts. Okay. Does it, is it like a travel kind of role with that? Like talking to customers and such? It could be, but it probably won't be for the The majority of it will probably be in in the office. And then um, aside from when I have to do participant surveys and like usability testing where I'm, I'm meeting with um, real users and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I, they didn't mention anything about travel. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. New, yeah. And I mean, it's not like you, you sound like you have any time for extra things, but like, yeah. um, you know, some people do coding and such. I know you're not actually like a, a, a coder or programmer yeah. person. Like, do you, do you have any hobbies related to, do you come home and like also build more digital UX related things or you're, yeah. are you able to leave it at work? I used to, I haven't, <laughs> I've been a little bit, a little bit overwhelmed lately, so I haven't done it so much, but I, I still, I really do. I have an addiction to learning about apps and like pouring through like app blogs and things like that and okay. trying different platforms. Whoever is offering like a free beta, I always have to try that stuff out. And I build websites for fun for other people and for their, like a couple of my friends have side side hustles as well. So I, I'll build their websites for them. Yeah. And, um, but, and then, yeah, but there's also so many other little micro interactions that are part of managing skill.l like people sending me messages on meetup and asking me questions um or people emailing me and saying ask me questions and so so there's a lot of that i feel like that i do on the side as well you spend a lot of time answering i mean answering questions from Mm -hmm. skill.l members yeah okay is that so that because that could because it's not a a lighthearted, like, hey, um, what do you think of, I don't even know what to yeah. ask. It, those are probably, like, intense questions. Yeah, so I, but it's weird, I don't ever mind it. Like, if it's something related to actually helping somebody, like, I get a lot of questions from um, friends or, like, people I haven't talked to in a while, but I, I know they'll reach out to me and say, hey, I know to, I know you started this thing. I don't know if what to do my sister or my so-and-so. Somebody I know has men- is going through something that sounds like mental illness. Like, what do I do? And I don't ever mind answering oh, those, but because, like, I actually think that I can help. Like, there, it's hard to find answers to those questions. Yeah. But I've been through it, and I, my family's been through it, and I have all their feedback, and I know, like, I know what they've gone through, so I can give my advice. And I always tell people, like, you know, don't sue me or anything for <laughs> giving you. <laughs> like, this is my advice based on experience, and I'm trying to help you. But if yeah. you, if you really, if it's an urgent or, or it's a crisis or something like that, then you, then you need to call like 911 or you need to call somebody. But um, but if you're just trying to navigate the situation and, and figure out what to say and what not to say, I can, yeah. I can answer stuff about I that. I saw you had something on Instagram recently, like, uh, I mean, there's been a couple super unfortunate suicides yeah. in the last week. Of, yes. Um, Anthony you said, Bourdain. like, you know, a lot of people uh, kindly posting, like, please yes. reach out, you know, if you're feeling this, reach out to this. Yeah. Did you see my screenshot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How you're, horrible you're, was that? You're, you're... Advice is kind of the opposite of oh, that. Oh, my advice is completely the opposite. I, I am, I am very, very, um, I very much am against the the help hotlines for two very specific cases that that I've reached out to them. Um, so I, 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 I don't know. I've, I'm yet to honestly, I, I'm really yet to hear one person tell me that it worked for them. I would love to hear that. I would really love to hear that it worked for them. I know over a dozen people who it's not worked for. Okay. A do, over a dozen people. And so for me, uh, the first instance, there are two that are 
just horrible and, and just tragic. And so the first one was um, 2015. Um, I've, I've, I felt suicidal three times in my life. Um, one was in high school, one was in 2015, and one was in 2016. And being suicidal is not something that you just like wake up and you're like, I'm suicidal today. It's a, it's a long period of time of, of like really just total darkness and no hope whatsoever. So, so that I, that's part one of why I don't think like calling a helpline is, is really, like you don't really want to talk to, it's, it's not like you just decide today I'm suicidal and I'm going to call a helpline. It's, it's a long period of time. It's not a, it's not a milestone. It's a long period of time. So, so in 2015, I called one of the hotlines. Uh, it was the second time that I called, and, and the first time was in high school. So I called, and the guy on the line, I guess in an attempt to relate to me, told me that his wife also had bipolar disorder. I had confided in him and told him that I had bipolar disorder. And he said, my wife also has bipolar disorder, and uh, yeah, it's not working out. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. He's like, yeah, it's just her bipolar is just like too much to manage. Like she just, I don't know. We've been together for nine years. So, so hey, there's that. You know, we had nine years together. And I couldn't believe that he was telling me <laughs> on the helpline. Just, oh, it was awful. Um, so that was a huge fail. And then <laughs> it's funny though, right? Like well, it's, it's funny. That it's funny I'm now. We're here to laugh about it. But yeah. yeah, it's funny now. Um, and, and I'll tell you after this too what actually got me out of it. So for anybody else that's listening, maybe this, that would help them as well but um so the thing that so the thing that I had sent the other day was a screenshot from that I took on my phone from Saturday um I, I messaged yeah okay I messaged one of those hotlines that I saw advertised and almost like really just to prove that they didn't work I messaged them and I and I had was I was feeling down I was with somebody at the time so it was fine like I wasn't at risk of anything of any um action but I, I messaged them and I and they said what's your crisis and then I said, <laughs> I said um, I was hit really hard by the by Anthony Bourdain's suicide, and it triggered me because it reminded me of when I was suicidal in 2008, 2015, and 2016. Period. And then, like I forget how many minutes later, they messaged back saying, "Hey, what's your crisis? If we don't hear from you in two minutes or less, then your your case is going to be closed." And then immediately, <laughs> and then immediately after that, I said, "Your case is closed." <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, hell it was so so much worse than I knew it wasn't going to be good but I wasn't I didn't think it was going to be that bad so I took a screenshot of it and I and I asked people like please like I know you have good intentions when you say reach out to these hotlines but here they don't work I know over a dozen people who have tried to contact these these support like these mental health or uh, suicide hotlines and text lines and I don't know a single person who wasn't horribly offended and upset by their experience It's, it's sad, but it's true. Like, I would love to be wrong. I would love so what, for someone to tell What me. should someone do? Um, someone, what someone should do is, it's, it's hard because it's, everyone is different and everyone's in that zone for a different reason. Um, but what your friends should be doing and people who know you should be noticing and like making an effort to talk and maybe not even ask. To, like call you, text just, you? Yeah, call and say like, hey, how are you feeling? Or even, you know, hey, do you want to go to do this thing over the weekend? Or hey, did you see this? Um, funny thing in the news and a link like just kind of just check in and just and be human to you like that's I think like when you're when you're depressed or suicidal people's instinct is to be like either afraid of you or to like gingerly approach you like are you okay do you want to talk about it um but honestly like sometimes you just need to feel like a human and like feel like there are people in your network who see you as a human and who like you and like want to interact with you and then the other thing I don't know if this helps other people but this is eventually what got me out of it um so I had decided that I had just decided that I'm going to definitely um kill myself and I'm going to do it on my birthday because that way people will only be sad um <laughs> one day a year which is horrible like and my this is my logic right um so this was in the fall and what I said was this fall no, no, no. Um, 2000, this was in 2015. So then um, in the fall of 2015, so I spent, so I was like, well, I don't need to be here. So whatever I can do for other people, like I'm going to spend all my effort like doing things for other people because I don't need anything else for me because I'm done. So I just volunteered like, oh, I want to say 24-7, but that's obviously an exaggeration. But like every single day that I could possibly volunteer and do something, I did Anything that I could give away, I gave away. Anything I could do, I tried to like donate. Like I went to all the donation services to see if I could donate like kidneys and like whatever. Like I tried it, but I couldn't I, because of my medication, but they wouldn't let me. Um, but I tried to do all those things. And through doing all these things for other people, it's somehow over time, 
made me one like just really appreciate the experiences that I was having and then also two introduced me to a lot of really cool people so between those two things I think it eventually pulled me out mm. yeah can't say that it'll work for anyone or everyone but it worked for me just dedicate like just, you know yeah, giving all of your energy and effort to other people yeah and it's also kind of nice too because you don't feel like doing anything nice for yourself I mean, I I do not have, I mean, I don't know. I don't have your experience at all. Mm-hmm. I, I do know that make trying to make other people happy makes you happy. Yeah. Trying to make yourself happy. I believe that. Doesn't yeah. work. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. Like, doesn't work. I, I mean, I'm happy to hear it. It works at that level. Yeah, at least for me. And yeah. I got a little dark there, so hopefully I didn't like trigger anybody. Maybe put like a trigger warning on your on your podcast or something. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't, because I, I, I mentioned some, some dark stuff, so. Yeah. Wow. I think that's super helpful. Thanks. And sorry, I think, like, all I want to communicate is that um, it, if you put work in to your mental health, then it really, it does pay off. It takes time, but it pays off. And you, a lot of people, um, it's, it's hard to, um, see and buy into the idea that you're going to feel better if someone tells you you're going to feel better, but it, you will feel better if you put like the time and effort into it. Okay. That's how I think about it at least. And so if people, for like two different reasons, if people are interested in your UX work yeah, <laughs> and your BA work, where should they go online? Um, my, I, have a, I have a website, um, katjost.com. You want to so, spell it? Yeah, K-A-T-J-O-S-T.com. And it shows you some, it does, there's not much on there because I've worked for some big companies and they won't let me post stuff, but um, it just lists a couple of the projects that I've done. And then there's, there's a little section at the end where it's like, you can buy me, it says like, buy me coffee. That's another new app I found on Product Hunt when I was pouring over new apps. What, buy it, me coffee? Buy me coffee. Oh. Um, um, and this, it's basically a little page, like a little, um, page where people can click and say like, okay, I'll, I'll give her $5 for one coffee or how many coffees, yeah. like two or three or whatever. And then Do you, you go to La Coloma a lot. Sometimes. It's the, oh that's, that's I feel fun. like the La Coloma, sorry, this is a Philly thing by Rittenhouse Square is a public service. Yes. I, it's, it's a, like a buck 50 for coffee and I, La Coloma is everywhere now, but like it's never as, I love coffee. It's never <laughs> as good as at that restaurant. Yeah. God. I have to go to the one in Rittenhouse. You haven't been there? No. <gasps> I got Yes. Go. <laughs> this is great. I mean like $5 is going to get you several amazing experiences. Awesome. Yeah, and you hang out and watch like the 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 snootiest hippest people in the world cuz there's like all Curtis Institute of Music people hang oh, out there yeah. and mm-hmm. like uh uh uh, Koresh funny. dance people are oh man the coffee so, so good so many Philly references yeah well that's where I live no that's good I, I hope we can educate everybody about Philly and why they should live here where do we get there before coffee oh my buy my oh buy, buy, me, buy me coffee so okay. it's like a tipping thing right, it's yes. like do you like the things that I'm working sure. on you think they're cool okay you can buy me a coffee it's like a five dollar donation or okay. something so um not saying that you have to do that, but I'm just saying it's there. <laughs> and I yeah. am trying to support the startup on my own, so yeah. I would appreciate it. But yeah, um, is that is the startup something you want to build entirely? Like, do you want to build it yourself? Which thing? Uh, skilled not ill. Yeah, I, I do. I I want it to like grow slowly over time, and I think it'll be one of the cool things that I mentioned in my acceptance speeches of awards or whatever that we did it without any uh, social media marketing like whatsoever. I think that's a huge challenge today to like it's just a necessary thing for a company to have a social media presence but um it's all it's a necessary evil you know kind of so for us i don't i want to do everything just through word of mouth and actual marketing like through people we know so far we've gotten a lot of people 250 225 i forget okay without any marketing I thought of an idea. I want to talk to you after yeah, I hit, after me. I hit stop on the record. No, I don't want to okay. do it in the recording. <laughs> okay, and we already said, but skilled not ill. Skilled not ill. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Kat. Thank you. Thanks right. so much. This was fun. Good. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. I really hope this episode was helpful for you. If you want to leave a rating or a comment on iTunes, those are really helpful for me to know what you want to know more about in these upcoming podcast episodes. All right. See you next time. Take care.